0: Welcome to the Heart Rate Variability Podcast, where we explore the exciting science behind heart rate variability. The material discussed in this podcast should not be taken as medical advice. Please check with your medical provider to make sure any suggestions or strategies are right for you. Visit us at the OptimalHRV.com website to learn more about the Optimal HRV app, download a free copy of Matt's book, Heart Rate Variability. And also get show notes and additional resources around heart rate variability and its applications. Welcome to the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. I am Matt Bennett um, and I am flying solo today uh, with a message about stress and trauma. Uh, I've been talking to a lot of folks and experiencing this myself and what I know I'm not alone at, uh, but but I can see it in my heart rate variability data really clearly, is a fairly substantial drop um, over the last week or so. Uh, I'm flying about... 20 to 25 percent below uh, my all-time and monthly averages right now, and that's sort of unusual for me. I have my ups and downs, uh, and I've had some bigger events, had a hard day, uh, a really good workout on the slope snowboarding uh, within that time frame, but not nearly enough to account uh, for for this sort of drop. And I've been talking to a lot of folks and uh, some just who may not be measuring their heart rate variability uh, will use different language for this. I think those of us uh, measuring our HRV can really quantify this, uh, including myself. And you know, I really think something is happening that uh, we need to talk more about. Now, Before I broach this subject, I really want to be specific that my stress does not compare to what other people in the world are experiencing right now. And um, nor do I want to make the argument that it is. However, with that said, uh, we all have a set point. And if we have a ton of stress hit us from that stress point, whether that stress just might be work-related, whether that might be something like we are in a war zone, Um, that stress is going to have an impact from us. So um, a lot of folks in Ukraine right now with so much of the stress that they're experiencing has really created a traumatic reaction for them. But a lot of us right now, way far away, thousands and thousands of miles from the actual war zone um, are also experiencing, I think, two levels of stress right now. And, And I would like to speak... that again for some of us it probably isn't traumatic but from our set point doesn't mean it doesn't have uh an impact on us and i can't ignore my own heart rate variability uh score right now one piece that that i want to say um is that we're coming when when we publish this we're we're pretty much at the two-year point uh with covid uh we're a few weeks from when the world started to shut down. Uh, Very aware of this because Jeff and I launched Optimal HRV um, about two years ago today, Uh, maybe a few days early, but pretty much our uh, two-year anniversary, about the worst time in history to launch a new uh, innovative technology. Uh, So that that, uh, March 8th date always sticks in my head. Uh, but we've been under, uh, we call this, and if you've listened to past episode, allostolic all load. In other words, uh, a scientific term to talk about just carrying around too much stress in our body and how that uh, impacts uh, our minds, our bodies, our social behaviors, and our mental health as well. So we're we're coming out of this period of time um, both because of COVID, which has been an international event. So no matter where you're at um, I know uh, just surviving this pandemic, uh, all the challenges it's led has impacted uh, all of us. Uh, I know here in the United States, we've also had a pretty crazy political environment. Uh, we've had the the largest civil rights movement in my lifetime, uh, you know. And, and while some good has come out of that civil rights movement, it really still sits there as a challenge for society. Um, who has struggled with racism since its inception. And so we have all these, <coughs> excuse me, stressors going on. And then Ukraine hits, uh, the invasion of Ukraine. And while at first we may not look at a war thousands of miles away, and I know for some people listening to this, it might be miles away. Um, but a, a war that may not, necessarily threaten us if you are lucky enough to be removed from that situation, and yet we see this impact on us. And I just don't hear people uh, talking about this because I think we've been through so much and we don't want to compare our stress uh, to what folks in the war zone are experiencing. And, and, and again, no way, shape or form am I comparing my experience in any way uh, to what those folks are going through. But but on top of where we're at, where we're already just uh, so many of us are struggling, and I, I think maybe at least here in the states we thought we may be getting over this, and maybe we are. Looks positive when you look at our our trends right now. But then you start to hear things, and I want to talk about what the the situation right now is already adding allostatic load on top of allostatic load for a lot of us, and where. I really see my HRV score really struggling right now is this idea that we haven't talked a lot about on the podcast of something called re-traumatization. I grew up as a basically child of the 80s. Um, I'm old enough to remember, uh, I can only remember doing it once or twice, the ducking cover drill, uh, where if there was a nuclear attack, We were told as students uh, that if we just got under our desk, yeah, things would be okay. Now, (laughs) the school did just kind of a funny note to what the heck were we thinking is my elementary school at the time was about uh, a mile away from a huge reservoir and dam. Uh, So we also had flood drills. If the dam broke, basically the most hilarious emergency instructions I thought I'd ever seen at a school is just run. (laughs) So if the dam broke, we were just supposed to run. Obviously, if there was a nuclear attack, the dam was probably going to break too. So I was not sure, even as a first grader, why any of this made sense. But I remember growing up uh, wondering when, not necessarily if, but when something would come over the news that the missiles were launched. Um, I was kind of an anxious kid in that way, but we grew up with that threat. Uh, we grew up with the threat um, of nuclear war. And, you know, so I I was really happy uh, with the fall of the Soviet Union to let that stress sort of go, um, to, to not have to worry about, um, you know, hearing an emergency warning coming across the radio or the television show that I might have 20 minutes left to live, uh, you know, to, to drop that sort of thing. But I lived under that anxiety for most of my childhood and early adolescence, uh, not knowing when it was going to happen. Uh, this is a little bit of a side note, but I uh, there was a movie growing up called War Games um, where... <laughs> So a hacker seemed to have started, uh, you know, almost started a nuclear war. Uh, you know, and I always remember that that warning came across the television and nobody seemed to care about it. Uh, you know, I, I had to play that scenario out in my head. Uh, I was not going to duck and cover because I, I pretty much even as an elementary school child knew that wouldn't really help. Um, but, but that fear was there. And so... When we talk about the term of re-traumatization, what what we're really talking about is something in our present uh, reminds us of that past trauma. And for me, a nuclear war, a nuclear holocaust, a nuclear winter was something that uh, in the trauma world now we would call chronic trauma. And in some ways it was a low-grade chronic trauma, but I was young. I, you know, I would have handled it much different if I was maybe uh, in my 20s or 30s. I think nuclear war would have still freaked me out. But I was like a third, fourth grader, fifth grader, even younger, trying to make sense of why the heck would we destroy ourselves as a species and what would the last 20 minutes of my life look like. So, you know, when we talk about something like re-traumatization, What we're talking about is a trigger of those traumatic injuries. And, you know, when we talk about chronic trauma, we're talking about not necessarily a traumatic event. Because, thank goodness, nuclear war did not happen in the 80s. Um, Too too much relief. And, And so while there wasn't the traumatic event of that warning coming on the news and basically maybe if I had a basement at the time, maybe trying to go in the basement, but knowing... Pretty much my life was over. The traumatic event never happened, but living under that threat um, from, again, not necessarily my my brain at 47, but my brain at seven really created so much anxiety for me that, that I can remember. And so living in high stress environments with the threat of trauma happening. So you think about something, and again, not comparing my experience Uh, to anybody else's here because my experience doesn't compare to the level of stress and trauma inherent to my example here. But chronic trauma gives us a way to speak to things like homelessness where uh, someone may have really become adaptive and resilient to living out on the streets over decades. And we would look at them and they may wake up a shelter on a typical Thursday morning and it would not necessarily be a traumatic event for them. Uh, but we know there's a devastating impact on mental health, on physical health, on social health, on HRV from stressors like homelessness. And so while there may not be a vent, just living in that high stress environment with the threat of trauma happening at any given time really can wreck our nervous system in a way similar to what we normally think of as a traumatic event. And so I have this history and I know Probably a lot of people listening to this, if you're of a certain age, have a history growing up with a nuclear war as a a constant threat. And uh, a war with Russia or the Soviet Union at that time, you know, was the worst case scenario in many ways. And so while logically I still would put nuclear war right now as a very, very low possibility, you know, intellectually, yeah, are we really going to go that direction? Um, you know, I, I don't think so. But I think a lot of folks like myself and how I can explain in my study of one or the end of one that we've talked a lot about in this podcast over here, why is my HRV uh, struggling right now? Well, you know, it's triggering a lot of past memories, um, you know, in some ways when we get those memories triggered, we don't experience that as a, for me, a 47-year-old. I experienced that anxiety in many ways as a seven-year-old, as a a child of the 80s that, you know, grew up with rhetoric of of Reagan uh, around this stuff and Gorbachev and all that. And, you know, that that threat was sort of already there. I didn't live through the missile crisis. Uh, You know, I I didn't, maybe you could argue, didn't live through uh, the darkest, most scariest period um, that that I I imagine some of our listeners uh, did go through. And so, you know, what's going on with, with us right now? And again, not comparing it to what people in a war zone are experiencing in any way, shape or form yet our experience is very real to us. Uh, My raised anxiety level right now from my baseline is very real to me. Uh, Again, that's my experience, and in no way am I comparing that to if there were Russian tanks driving down my street right now. That'd be a whole different level of stress and trauma. And, And I think a lot of us are just probably in this low grade. One, we're worried about, you know, uh, innocent lives being taken uh schools being bombed and these sort of things so so there is a a natural when we see other human beings suffer for in my opinion no reason whatsoever um uh, you know we we feel hurt uh we that empathy that we have we try to imagine ourselves in the position of these ukrainians uh whose lives have been turned upside down. Uh, Some of us may struggle and and feel some empathy for the Russian soldier who probably doesn't want to be there either, but is told pretty much without a choice, this is what you're going to do. You're going to invade another country even though they've never done anything uh, to you. And so we're, we're in this spot where we're able, and this is called theory of mind, uh, to try to imagine ourselves, uh, what if those Russian tanks and airplanes uh, were attacking our community? And so there's going to be a level, no matter what, of stress added to our cup. And, you know, we're not adverse, unfortunately. You know, there's usually a war or so going on in the world at any given time. So, so that's, that's always there. I just want to sort of put on folks' radar... About that additional stress for for those of us that uh, grew up in a certain time period, that yeah, if you didn't grow up in the eighties, maybe you're a millennial and didn't experience that. Yeah, the threat nuclear war uh, probably adds to your allostatic load, and I'm not minimizing that for you as well. I just want to I want to alert people who have lived through, whether it was the the Cuban Missile Crisis, or the 70s or 80s, uh, really growing up with, uh, you know, I, I don't think you can understand psychology of Xers or Boomers uh, w- without looking at the Cold War and what we grew up with that threat um, of that happening. And that threat is present in a way um, for most of us uh, that we haven't experienced uh, in decades. Uh, I say most of us because I've done some work in Hawaii, and um, my biggest kind of nightmare in my life happened to those folks when they got a a warning that there was a missile on the way from North Korea. And talking to friends, uh, colleagues in Hawaii, what what those few minutes uh, were like, uh, well what, what that, and I, I can't even imagine. What that would have been like, and 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 really that that minute traumatic event or so that overwhelmed I know everybody, and it would have overwhelmed me as well. So so I want to give shout out to my friends in Hawaii who I know did actually experience that that worst case scenario. So while I you hear me dancing around, you know not comparing my stress to the stress of the people going through the trauma. No way would I do that. That would just be unjustified in every which way. I do wanna put that warning out though because we all have a set point. We all have a history with this stuff and really want to say, hey, if you see your heart rate variability scores or you're feeling your anxiety level or maybe because you've been so worn down because we are vulnerable to stress right now. Um, You look at levels of burnout, you look at levels of how many people listening to this have lost a loved one over the last two years, uh, lost a job, had, had to change how they work. Um, I know who I work with, teachers, uh, social workers, healthcare workers, have all struggled greatly because they've gone back and forth with how they work, and I know those aren't the only industries. So we're, we're already just through this time holding so much more allostatic load, so many more challenges, to our resiliency, that if you find yourself right now, just you know, yeah, I'm I'm really feeling for uh, the the people of Ukraine and what they are going through, but it seems bigger than that. It seems greater than maybe what that stress should seem like. I just wanted to put that a lot of us, again, who grew up in this this time frame with this threat of nuclear war that is probably also triggering something deeper right now. And without maybe the capacity necessarily, just due to all the other stress in our lives. And maybe a lot of us saw this time of maybe less stress as our COVID numbers at least are getting better in the short term, knock on wood. Um, you know, I I would expect my scores would be higher because I can kind of engage in life in a little bit of a different way now without the fear of getting my wife sick, shutting down a first grade class, those sort of things. Um, this has been a real powerful thing um, that that is this hit me. I've actually seen drops in the last uh, week uh, to 10 days greater than when I actually had COVID. Uh, you know, so while COVID, a breakthrough case in my my event uh, was stress on my body, and I saw heart rate variability tank for a couple days and then gradually recover. Uh, my week of COVID is currently higher than my current week as well. So I, I I'm hoping I wanted to just alert people uh, to what you might be experiencing as well, and it's a reminder that. You know, again, even if something's not happening to us, and in in the psychology, we also can call this vicarious, sometimes it's called a secondary trauma, where witnessing trauma can also be traumatic. I think for a lot of us in the States, uh, 9 11 was a uh, perfect example, a tragic example of this, of, of watching that horrific thing that none of us could imagine in our wildest dreams happening. You know, now this isn't maybe happening in your country, depending on where you're listening to. Um, and if you are listening to this in the Ukraine, just know our hearts are going out to you and wish we could do uh, more. And, and some of us are taking to the streets and, and support in any way we can. You know, but, but you know, again, we're watching people suffer. We're watching people hurt. We're watching a whole country be traumatized uh in my opinion, no apparent uh, logical reason, and we put ourselves in their position, so that's going to be that's going be a stress for so many of us, and then again, this re-traumatization that may be happening to a lot of folks like myself. Again, I'm not going into fight, flight, or freeze, but there's a lot being stirred up in my memories, in my psychology right now, and I know I'm not the only one with it, so I hope this message helps, folks. Um, I would love to hear in the comments, um, or or definitely reach out, uh, Matt at OptimalHRV.com. I would love to hear about your experience, Uh, what, what you're seeing maybe with your heart rate variability scores. Again, stress can look like a lot of different things, and I think a lot of us are experiencing multiple levels of this right now. And I hope we know if we can label what we're going through. Um, hopefully that leads, and we know this does, hopefully allows us to maybe focus a little bit more on our health and wellness, maybe extending that mindful practice, uh, maybe throwing another five minute, 10 minute residency frequency breathing biofeedback practice or mindfulness practice in there right now. Uh, can be really important. So hope this message was useful. Um, Again, you can find out more about this at OptimalHRV.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back in your feed soon.